live videos. Pretty remarkable. So today will be will be pretty brief, really. Um, just going to bring you a, a a message, some words, some scripture, some commentary about uh, about restoration. And let me get started by saying how I, I fell uh, into this this theme. Um, well, I mean there there are multiple ways, but I believe this is where. I've been led in what I'm uh, meant to share today. So, if you disagree, take it up with God. Um, restoration, yeah, so that, that's, that's the word for the day. Um, occasionally, when I'm on a break at work, which is... I mean, it's about 90% of the time, let's, let's be honest. I do all of my work in, uh, in about an hour, and then I just, for the rest of the time. But, uh, so if I'm, if I'm on a break and I, uh, I see a video, and, you know, maybe it leads to another video, and, and somehow these algorithms have pinpointed the fact that I really respond well to these uh, these restoration videos and if you're not familiar with them they're they're a, a genre of video that um, it takes something old something crusty and rusty and essentially something that is garbage and they go through this process with all these specialized tools and equipment and and so on, and, and they go through this process of restoration, so the video starts with, um, say it's a, an old, um, an old tin can that used to hold Hellman's mayonnaise, I know a lot of people love mayonnaise, so it's this old tin can, the vintage can that, that used to hold some mayonnaise, and it's all rusted and you know the the old type cans they had the they had the plunging mechanism because the mayonnaise would separate the oil and the eggs so you had a plunger and it would it would spin so re-emulsify the mayonnaise right well so the, the the restoring person he has one he's found one at a flea market he only gave two or three bucks for it when this mayonnaise jar fully restored is worth maybe four or five bucks so here he goes um, so he gets this old mayonnaise jar and it's rusty and filthy and you know maybe there's still a little old mayo in it and so he takes it and he cleans it thoroughly disinfects it takes it all apart takes everything out the, the plunging mechanism the old mayonnaise you know just all of the pieces unscrews it very carefully takes each of those pieces individually lays them all out with a, like an exploded view of what this thing is um, and and then he goes to work restoring this thing into the beautiful piece of art that it once was and in the the restoration process sometimes things have to be left behind so as as you know with 
um, with a lot of old foodstuffs, they were about 50% asbestos, so they wouldn't catch on fire. That's, that's just true. Um, so maybe there's still some asbestos in this mayonnaise jar, so he has to take that out. That can't stay in there. You see where I'm going with this? You are the mayonnaise. Anyway, uh, it goes through this whole process, and by the end, 20, 30, 40 minute long video. Really good stuff. You see this new creation, right? This new thing, but it's still the old thing too. And it's clean, and it's full of the most velvety, delicious mayonnaise. And it works, the plunging mechanism works fine. And then you see the side-by-side, -side, the, the before and the after. And that after, it's a beautiful thing. Well, this is a process that, that we go through as well in, in a variety of ways. And I'm going to touch on a couple of those um, here in, in just a few minutes. I want to... Uh, to go from uh, uh, segue into the scripture passage for this morning, uh, and it comes from the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven, and and, and you know buckle in because we're going to read a few verses. I hope that's okay with you. We're going to read some scripture. Amen. All right. So uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, we're going to look at verses 1 through 14. So I'll go ahead and give you a second to uh, to find that while I take a drink of mayonnaise, or Mountain Dew. Okay. Alright, so if everyone has it, uh, we'll go ahead and get started. And the version... The version that I'm using is, uh, it's a more modern take, and it's still a, a translation, it's not a, not a paraphrase or anything, but, um, okay, so, into it. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was a valley full of bones. He led me all around them. There were many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O oh Lord, God, only you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy, to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and I will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live and you shall know that I am 
the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling. The bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. So you can, you can take this passage and, and look at it very literally and, and see that it is a prophecy about that people in that time. So it's, it is directly to the people of Israel who, who were feeling, as, uh, as it says in, in verse 11 of chapter 37, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely uh, in, an, in another translation it says our bones are dry our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off so these people they were feeling this despair right hopelessness um, it, it's it's often said that that sin is a type of, of hopelessness a, 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 a cut off from God, right? You're, you're, he's never left you, but of course you occasionally in your actions have separated yourself from him. But you can take that very literally and, and see that it's about the, the house of Israel and God is saying, you know, give them this hope, use this illustration to, to give them hope that uh, that I'll bring them back to their land, but you know we can we can use these scriptures as well as um, as an allusion to what we go through and the process that we as uh, as New Testament Christians, as people operating under the New Covenant, uh, what we go through. So. Let's, let's try to take that and apply it to our own lives. This process of, um, of restoration, it, it, 
I mean, you can... When I was working on this this message, I just... I kept coming up with example after example after example. It, it's such a, uh, a fruitful theme that you can look at because it, it happens all the time in our lives. I'll, I'll dip into a, a, a bit of a personal story. So, um... Uh, I'm I'm very happily married. Very happily married uh, to to Janine um, Eckhart, my wife. Um, great wife, good mother. Happy Mother's Day. Um, but it it wasn't always like that. We have we have been in places in our marriage in our relationship where it was. It was dry. Our hope felt like it was lost. We were cut off from each other very, very significantly. Um, and this process of coming back to what we had established uh, when we got married, it, it happened, but it didn't happen without some, some things really intentional things um, that we did so one of those is uh, is just the 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 initial act of um, of admitting that there's that there's an issue so looking at, at our marriage and our situation we we came to this point where you know we had to reach out we had to say you know we need some help um, and and we got it. We had people in our lives who were devoted uh, to seeing us be well, and and that that's that's the so the first part is recognizing that issue, and then the second part is the intervention. Um, when when someone comes in and really recognizes the issue with you and says, "Look, this is what has to happen for there to be restoration," and I'll I'll pause right here and say this. Excuse me. This is not an easy process. This is not something that is meant to be simple. If you read again through this passage, you see how God uses the the, the words here. The I mean, He takes it step by step. He says, "I will." I'll take those dry bones and I'll, I'll bring the bones back together. So you have the you have the 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 skeletal form now. You have the bones, and then I'll put the the sinews on. I'll put the the flesh back on you, and I will breathe life into you. This that's not something that just happens overnight. You know. Oh, I, I admit that I have a problem. Um, someone help me tomorrow. It's all better. No, that's 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 not reality, and of course that's not reality for the people of Israel. You know, if we're looking at it in that time, it wasn't an overnight thing, and that's not the reality in our lives. This change, this restoration, doesn't come about just willy nilly. It's something that takes effort, and you know, going back to the uh, the example I was using with. With our marriage, we had that person to person and, and people. We had, of course, we had a lot of people um, around us praying for us and, and uplifting us. But, you know, it, it took one specific person to come in and say, look, this is what's going on. 
this is what needs to change and you have to be committed to it and that happened for us and and I, I'm I'm extremely grateful that it did because I know that's not always the case um, relationships break marriages break um, people themselves break when they get to this point of hopelessness and despair but it took work so it took work we had to recognize the issues that we had with each other um, with other people and, and we had to work on them constantly day after day and we still do you know we're still getting to this the, you know, we're still every day working on ourselves but what I'm what I'm getting at with restoration, though, is there was this thing, okay? So, in, in this example, there was Janine and I. We were the old jar of mayonnaise. Someone came in, the restoring person, said, Look, this is what we need. This is what we're going to have to do. And then it went through that process that, you know, the, 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 the jar had to be sanded. We had to get things out of us, all that asbestos, etc., until we could come to a point where we were a new thing. So there, there had been us as we were, there was a change, and now we are something different, but better. Some of the things we left behind, some of the things brought into us were new that made us better. And that's the process of restoration. Israel, as we know, had issues, to put it mildly. They were um, they were just some a lot of grumpy gusses in Israel. Um, they didn't always follow what God had intended for them. They occasionally asked for golden calves to be propped up so they could worship something there. Um, they complained and complained and complained, but for them to be restored, they were going to have to become something new. It's the same with us as New Testament Christians. We have to go through that process of leaving the old behind, embracing something new, this new creation that we are in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read a passage that relates to that uh, momentarily. So if you need a stretch or something, that would be a good time while I am finding that. You know, I do encourage you to look up some of these restoration videos. They're very enjoyable. Uh, they're just great. So Acts chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, they say, And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive, until the time of restoration of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. 
So there's a, a, a New Testament example of restoration. Um, and then another one, a more direct one, comes from the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 4. We'll start at verse 22 and see where it goes. Uh, verse 20, sorry. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to his deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. So that's the that's that's kind of the whole thing that we looked at in Ezekiel, Ezekiel, Ephesians. That's a great way to remember it. They both start, um, they both they both start with letter E, and neither of them have the letter Q in them. Another good way to remember it. So let's look at that process as New Testament people. Put off the old man. Put off the old things. That's the process, that, that three-step process. Recognizing that there is something that needs to change, changing, and then becoming new, while still being who you are. Put away lying. So, it, it, it you know, it lists this whole set of things. Be angry and don't sin. Um... Stop stealing. If you're out there and uh, you're a stealer, stealer country, if you're a stealer, stop stealing. Work. Okay? I mean, it's as easy as that. Uh, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And, and that's kind of uh, the, the last point I want to, to make is... The Spirit is so integral to this entire process, and we'll look at that here in, uh, in terms of Ezekiel, um, once again. Now, uh, if, you're, if you're a student of the Word, if, you're, if you've studied the Bible, you'll know that um, 
the spirit is often represented uh, by a wind, um, breath, inspiration. The word inspiration means God breathed, right? It's it's God breathed. So let's look back at Ezekiel and see all the times that he says Rue. That's your uh, that's your Hebrew for the day. Uh, is the word Rue. Spirit is used here. I'm, I'm going to read a little bit from the commentary. Is used here for the Spirit of God, and it's the same word, which is translated breath and wind, in other verses, like uh, like verse 5. Only the infusion, now listen to this, only the infusion of the Spirit of God can bring about the miracle described in this passage. I will place you in this land. That indicates restoration, a national restoration. Again, those people there. And the prophecy came true when Cyrus the Great allowed the people to return home. And that's recorded in Ezra 1 and 2. So the Spirit is integral to the process. Right? When we become saved, when we become new creations, the Spirit has to be within us. Right? It has to be within us so that it can come out and we can live spirit-filled lives. The Spirit will guide us and lead us and uh, instruct us. We can't become this new creation. We can't be restored without that. Very specifically says that in Ezekiel. Says... um, uh, let's see. Well, let's let's start back at uh, at verse four again. It says, "Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord." Thus says the Lord to these bones, "I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live." And again, I will lay sinews on you. I will also cause flesh to come upon you, cover you with skin, put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as it was commanded, and suddenly there was a noise, and the the bones came together, and the sinews were on them, and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them. At the end of verse 8 here, but there was no breath in them. So all of that other stuff had happened, right? They had uh, these uh, these bones, just a pile of bones, had come back to life. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, a little, a little weird, but also very cool. Uh, these bones had come back to life, the, the flesh and everything. But here they are. They're just a, they're just a like a, a lifeless golem. They're, a, you know, they, they they aren't anything because there was no breath. In them, the Spirit of God had not entered them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord, Come from the winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. 
Another translation says, says it this way. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the Lord, the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies that they may live again. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So this process of restoration, it, it, it involves a lot. It involves hard work. It involves admitting that maybe you were wrong in some situation. It's a divine process that is only completed through the work of the Holy Spirit, the breath, Rue. Without that, you're just a golem. And no one wants to be a golem. It's soulless. So I want you to, to, to take a minute. Take a minute and we'll 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 wrap up here, but think of think of something maybe that needs restored in your life. Is it is it joy? Is it strength? Is it um, is it a relationship? Think of that and think of what is impeding its restoration. Every single part of it. Don't leave anything out. And then when you've come to that realization of, uh, okay, so this is what needs to be repaired. Think of who you can reach out to, to, to facilitate that. But then don't leave out that last piece, that most integral piece, the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. That's the only way that you'll be brought to restoration. We've, you know, we've we've personally, a lot of us have been going through some stuff that it seems like one, you know, one day it's it's one thing and then the next day it's the other and it doesn't feel anything like restoration at all. Okay, we've got to start seeing beyond that, living as if God is restoring us, working in us right now. Because he is. When when you when you submit, when you admit to him that yeah, I've got stuff going on, he starts working in you. Starts working. And that breath that he puts in you, that spirit, his spirit, that is what's going to finish the job and bring you to that place. These dry bones, they came back to life. The prophecy was fulfilled. It can happen in you. It's happened in my life countless times. The restoration is there. But you have to be willing to do the work, to submit to God and to the calling that He's placed on you. 
and to live by the direction of His Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for today. We thank You for the wind that's blowing outside right now. It's a, a wonderful illustration of this message that You've had me deliver. Lord, we thank You for taking us from a place of being rusty and discarded and having little value, taking us through this process of restoration to where we are again made whole. And not just whole, but better. Because the end process involves living a life that is guided by your Spirit, that is inspired, that is God-breathed and ordained. Lord, we thank you for that. Father, we lift up anyone who is out there now who is, uh, is in need of prayer, who is you know, finally admitting that, yeah, I've, I've got some stuff. And I need to come to a place of restoration so I can live as you want me to, Lord. We lift them up. Lord, we lift up our, our nation. We lift up this world. In particular, we lift up the people of India as they suffer through the, the COVID crisis. We know that there are many many Christians there, people, your people, who, who can bring the good word. We ask that you strengthen them and, and all the others and bring health and healing to that land. Restoration, Father, we need it. We thank you for it. We're so grateful for everything you've done in our lives. We give our lives back to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, um, if, you, if you are here and uh, you've never made that last step, that final commitment of, uh, of, of asking Christ to be your, your, your Savior, and, um, then, then you can say this prayer and ask Him to be part of your life. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Your word said, Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. So I know you won't cast me out, but you take me in, and I thank you for it. You said in your word, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I am calling on your name, so I know you have saved me now. You also said, If thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I believe in my heart Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he was raised from the dead. 
for my justification, and I confess him now as my Lord. Because your word says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and I do believe with my heart I have now become the righteousness of God in Christ, and I am saved. So if you if you said that prayer for the first time, get to a good church, uh, follow someone online. There's a there's so much good that's online now, um, and and start to embrace that restoration. The only one that really matters is going from the dead, dry bones of of a sinner to uh, the abundant life of a Christ follower. Thanks for being here. We love you. Amen.